Thank you for taking the time to listen to the sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this, you are challenged by the Word of God, you are built up in love, and that you are drawn more to the person and work of Jesus Christ. We want to remind you, this is never meant to substitute God's good plan for you to be present in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you do live in the North Toronto area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to join us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings. Our desire is that God would use this to encourage you with the hope we have in Jesus. So it's good to be back. I didn't think I'd be standing in this spot this week, but hey, this is what God has, and so we go with him. I was telling the elders uh, a couple weeks ago, I read uh, a passage that says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. And I'm like, man, sometimes I wish those kind of verses weren't in the Bible, (laughs) because there's tough times, but we do need to give thanks. We are in uh, God's will, and we trust him at all times. I'm learning that uh, big time uh, this week. So the title of the message is, The Storm Has Come or It Is Coming. The storm has come in your life or it is coming. And I'm repeating that because I feel like as people, we just gotta get ready for that reality of living life in this world, and you're sort of like, okay, where'd you get that idea from? Where would, you named it that, where'd you get it from? Look at verse 22, it says, one day he and his disciples got into a boat and he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they set out and they were sailing. He fell asleep, then a fierce windstorm came down on the lake. So they're going across. It's all good. Everything is gravy. Everything feels good. And Jesus dozes off. He falls asleep. And that's because your brother is tired. He's tired because he's been actively ministering. And what this shows us is that Jesus, scripturally, what the Bible shows us is that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And in his humanity... He gets tired from the labor that he has been doing and he shows us what to do when fatigue hits us. We rest, we stop, he goes to sleep. Verse 23 says that a fierce windstorm came down on the lake. A couple weeks, or a couple months back, sorry, I was throwing garbage in a garbage bin just outside here and I threw the garbage in and then I turned away and then a bee flies out of nowhere and stings me right on the face. Just out of nowhere, and like my lip starts to swell, I'm by myself, I'm thinking, am I allergic? I don't even know what's going on, I don't like bees. Stings me right on the face. Now the the way the bee came out of nowhere and then just stung me, this storm comes out of nowhere. And Luke says that they are being swamped, the text says. And so what you get here is this picture of there's heavy rain, there's heavy wind, they're in trouble, the text says, and they were in danger. And what you're getting here is the Bible's trying to give us a picture of the storms that hit our life. 
the storms that come out of nowhere. That's why I said you're either in a storm or a storm is coming. Let me give you an example of some of the storms that hit us. When people experience health issues, things just come up out of nowhere. You didn't know that was going on and boom, there it is. We go through relationship troubles in marriage and friendship with our kids, coworkers, siblings, all that kind of stuff. There's, there's times where loneliness sets in or depression sort of sets in heavy on you and you think, will the darkness ever lift? There's sometimes where we have to wait long for a good desire to be met. I feel like as a church, we're kind of in that one. Waiting long for a good desire that we have to be met. And, and, and it's okay, we need to, we, again, we need to bear up and trust the Lord. Sometimes, some people are in the storm of raising kids. I've talked to some of the new parents in our church and they're just like, Marv, you and Kim have four, how do you guys do it? I'm like, ah, we just hide from them. There's just that storm, that, that, that trouble of raising kids. You're wondering, are they gonna be okay? What kind of human beings are they gonna grow up to be? Are, are there something gonna come up in their life that's just gonna, you're gonna have to watch them suffer and struggle? There are times where paying bills looks impossible. Maybe you stood up for your faith and in the current culture that we live in, that just means you're out. And now you're like, how, how are we gonna make all the ends, ends meet? Old habits come back stronger than before. You thought, like, I thought I was over that hump. I thought I had defeated that thing. I thought the Holy Spirit had sort of walked me through that valley and I'm good, but it's back again. Sometimes you have to watch people you love go through complicated mental health struggles and homelessness. So I'll be honest with you, Kim and I lived, are living through that one right now. Just people in our life who are, who are bipolar, schizophrenic, on the street. Those, that's people in our family. And we have, sometimes we're wondering, like, the other night it was raining like crazy and, and Kim just looked over and she just, she just asked about a person in our family, like, I wonder where they are right now. And all we, we could just pray. Because we, we don't have an answer. We struggle sometimes to get along within the church. Some people are, they're in, they're leading and guiding and they're just flat prideful. And they actually make trouble within the church. Sometimes there's people who are just, they're sort of a part of the congregation, not in leadership, and all they want to do is make trouble. And then the relationships get tough. We say things to one another that we, we hurt each other's feelings. We unintentionally disrespect one another. And then there's just, there's trouble there. And we got to work it through. Storms come. Job 14.1 says, anyone born of woman, so that's everyone, is short of days and full of trouble. First Peter says, dear friends, do not be what? Surprised when the fiery ordeal comes along to test you as if something unusual was happening to you. I love the Bible because the Bible doesn't lie to us about life. God is honest that life here is hard. The Bible says storms are coming. It says be ready. Be ready for that fact. And the thing about storms is, and I've learned, again, I've learned a lot of lessons this last couple of weeks. They humble you. You feel your weakness. You feel just how little control you actually have over things. It just, just brings you into reality real quick. Storms expose us. They expose the things we're trusting in, the things, the fears that we have, the things that we run to that are not God. 
They expose some of the idols that, are, that have took up residence in our life. Storms focus us. Storms make you realize what matters most in life. It gets your attention. It gives you a proper perspective of what to look, look to, what to focus your attention on, what to give yourself to. They focus us. And this one, and it's very good, they mature us. If you bear up under the storm, you grow up real fast. That is what God is after, growth. He wants us to mature in them. And now you're like, okay, I get it. You made the point. You've been just kind of pounding that thing. Where, why are there storms? Why, why, why is this a reality that you are sort of making very clear and I know you guys feel it? Why is there storms? Because we live in a Genesis 3 world, broken. There is ups and there's downs. There's joy and there is pain. That is why, that sin has brought the brokenness that we experience. That's what's going on, our sin. This is our reality. But let me give you some hope. Here's what this passage taught me this, as I was sitting there. I preached it, I preached it before, but in a, in a new way, God is just kind of opening up my eyes. Here's what it taught me this week. And here's, this gave me hope, and I wanted to give you hope. This is this. Storms will come, but God will get us through. Storms will come in this life. That is a guarantee. But the guarantee is for the child of God is that the, your father is going to get you through. And this text is going to show us that. Look at verse 24. Sorry, go 23 again. And they were sailing and he fell asleep. A fierce windstorm came down on the lake and they were being swamped or in, or in danger. Verse 24, then they came and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are going to die. They fear death. Remember I told you, storms can expose our fears. They fear death. And there's this other thing. They actually think Jesus does not care. They think he is physically present, but mentally absent. They think what they're going through doesn't matter to them. Let me show you. Mark says this. Mark gives us a, a little bit clearer picture. A great windstorm arose, and the waves are breaking over the boat. So the boat was already being swamped. He was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. So they went up. They woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are dying? It's an accusation. Do you not see what I'm going through, Jesus? Do you not see what is going on? Do you not care about the thing that is hitting us right now? You're just, you're sleeping. Do you not care? Here's the thing, they're not thinking straight. And there's a, there's a word for us in that. Storms will mess with your mind. When the storm hits, you will not think straight at times, and you will even do ridiculous things. Because this, this, the pressure that is there. And sometimes, like when, when we're helping somebody in a storm and they say something that like is not theologically correct and is not accurate, it's not the right time to correct them. Right, because when, when people are suffering and struggling, things can, can, can come out. 
It's a time to listen, a time to pray, a time to be present, a time to encourage. Storms mess with our minds and our thinking. Now here's the thing about human beings. We are forgetful. We forget birthdays, we forget appointments. At least once a week I forget my lunch. I'm serious, I get there and I'm like, I always, I always forget where I put my phone. We forget people's names. Don't you notice that? You'll be talking to somebody, they say, your, they say their name and the conversation's going all nice and then you kind of walk away and you're like, and somebody's like, what was their name? You're like, I don't know. Then the next time you see them, you're like, I don't know this person's name. They remember mine, but I'm trying to play it off like I don't, you know? Please don't ask me what, I'm, you know, don't say like, what's my name? You're desperate that they don't say that. We're forgetful people. This is a trait that we all share. And this trait is on full display right now. This forgetfulness. See, the disciples are afraid. They're filled with fear. They're not thinking straight. Do you know why? Because they forgot what Jesus said. You're like, show me. All right, I'll show you. Verse 22, one day he and his disciples got into the boat and he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Jesus tells them they're going to make it. He says, let's go over there. Let's cross over to the other side. Storms will come, but God will get us through. Jesus says you're gonna make it. Now, I wanna be clear about what I'm not saying. Yes, I'm telling you God will get us through. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that when the storm comes, there won't be pain. I'm not saying that when the storm comes, there won't be frustration. I'm not saying there won't be confusion. I'm not saying there won't be struggle. That's gonna happen. What I am saying is, when we focus on the word of God, when we focus on what God has said, the storm will not paralyze us, the storm will not overwhelm us. Why? Because we can hold on to the promises of God. We are reminded when we look at the word of the power of God, of the sovereignty of God, and that is what holds us down in the storm so we're not overwhelmed. I'm not saying it won't be tough, but God is with us in it. So the disciples are afraid, they're forgetful, but don't be too hard on them because they do the right thing. Verse 24, they went and woke him saying, master, master, we are going to die. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, so they ceased and there was calm. In the storm, we can turn to God for help. That's what they do. They do the right thing. And Jesus gets up, he speaks, and there's calm. Creation obeys its master. Creation obeys his voice. They go for help, and the text shows us that they get help. It, it, he, like, again, he proves them wrong. I do care. He gets up and he helps them. He rebukes the wind and the waves, and then he gently rebukes the disciples. Verse 25. 
He said to them, where is your faith? Verse, in Mark 4, 40, he says, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? In Matthew 8, 26, he says, why are you afraid? He called, he's like, what are you scared of? You of little faith. Think about this. Think about how me and Jermaine were talking about this this week, uh, I think on Monday, and he just pointed out, I was like, think about how much they've already seen, like we've gone through in, in Luke. How much things Jesus has done that shows his care, his power. Just go, go back and read from the beginning when we started this series to where we are now. The people being freed of demonic possession, him showing up powerfully in ways that they're not expecting. And he's like, hold up. How much more do I need to do? How much more do I need to like show you that you can trust me, that you can hold on, that I'm actually here and present? That's why he asked the question. He's like, what are you afraid of? I'm in the boat with you. He's trying to say to them, you can trust me. Do you know why? Divine care never takes a break. God is never absent. He is present. I want you to notice, Jesus doesn't say, Go over to the other side and I'll meet you there. He doesn't actually say that. Right? He's not like, yeah, you guys go, you know, I'll, I'll come over there and go 10, 10, 15 minutes. Go do your thing. He doesn't say that. He actually, it's, the text says that he gets in the boat with them and they go. What's the Bible trying to tell you? God is always with us in the storm, watching over us in the storm. And again, if you're not in a storm now, one is coming, so you need to hold on to that reality. With us in the storm, watching over us in the storm. He doesn't say, I'll meet you over there. He goes with them. And that's why we can turn to God for help. Because he's always with us. And maybe you're asking the question right now, how can I turn? What does, what does it actually look like to turn to God for help? The answer is prayer. You want to know, like, I mean, I try to keep it real with you guys up here as, 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 as one of your shepherd, not the only shepherd of, of this flock. God was very clear to me this week that prayer had completely died out of my life. And that sometimes the thing God is doing in your life when, he, when the storm hits is he's trying to get you back to that spot where you realize prayer works and that you really need God. And prayer is how we turn to God. First Peter 5 says, humble yourselves. That's a, that's a key call right there because prayer is about humility. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Doing what? Casting all of your cares, not some of your cares, all of your cares on him because he cares about you. Lifting your voice to God. I think there's another one there. Psalm 62, verse eight says, pour out your heart before him. Why? God is our refuge. God wants us to come and be raw and real. He does not want us to like, you know, to kind of like dress up the language. You ever catch yourself sometimes, you're praying, you're like, what am I saying? Holy Father, Lord, you're good, we know. Ooh. 
Thank you for doing all. And you're deep down, you're just like, yo, I'm in a tough spot. You know, sometimes that's what God wants to hear. What did Jesus say? When you go and pray, don't, don't dress up the language. These, these, the Pharisees, these people who think that they'll be heard for their many words, he says. No, he says, just tell your father what you need. God's like, when you come to me, just pour out your heart. That's what the text is telling us. That's what the Bible says. Pour out your heart before God. He is a refuge. Don't worry that if it doesn't come out all the right ways, just say what you need to say. He'll take care of the details of showing you the right things, the right way to come about it next time. Or maybe he won't even do that. But just talk to God in the the struggle. Don't you notice? The disciples, they come. There's no dressing up for the language. Did you catch it? They're like, yo, we are going to die. No one's like, how are we going to tell him? Well, first we need to sort of acknowledge his sovereignty. They're like, yo, brethren, we're going, come on. It's okay to keep it. God says, pour out your heart. He is a refuge. We talk to God in prayer. When we choose to pray, I want to tell you what's going on. When we choose to pray, it is an act of surrender. It's saying in the storm, God, I cannot handle what is before me. I've been brought into reality. I need your help, so I surrender here. When we pray, it is a declaration of trust. We're saying, God, I believe you will help me. When we pray, it shows that we believe God is with us, that God is with me. I was at Brother Jermaine's wedding a couple, I don't know, it feels like like two years now, somewhere in there, it's like before COVID hit. You know, when, since COVID, I don't even know where I am half the time. But his mom gets up and she's talking about what it was like to, you know, and if you know, you know Jermaine, like he grew up in a ministry family and he's always talking to me about how like what the grind that was on their, on their parents, it was a small church, but his dad and mom, faithful, stuck, they're still in it doing the work. Being faithful. His mom gets up and she's talking about what it was like to raise the boys and all that kind of stuff. And she says, and you know what though? When you know God is with you, you can smile in the storm. Think about that. Just let it, just let it sink in on you. Why would she say that? When you know God is with, I remember she said it and I was sitting next to Kim, I was like, I gotta write that down. She's like, can you not work on your sermon right now? (laughs) When you know God is with you, you can smile in the storm. Why? She said that because you can smile because you know you have supernatural help. You know that the most powerful person in the universe is on your side in the boat with you and you can turn for help and you will get that help. I'm not saying I know exactly how God will give it, but what I know from scripture and what I'm learning in my life is that God will not abandon us when we turn to him in the struggle. He will help us. Storms will come in this life, but God will get us through. That supernatural help is there. And when we turn in prayer, that is how we get the help. Prayer is asking for the power of God to flow in your life. 
to help you through the struggle. And it's, it's hard. You have to actually humble yourself. You actually have to surrender to it. It takes humility. Prayer is an act of faith. Prayer is an act of wisdom. Do you know that? It's an act of faith and it's an act of wisdom. When we choose not to pray, we are actually making life harder on ourselves. That's why the hymn catches it and says it this way. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Why? Why do we have, we lack peace? Why do we, 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 we sort of bring more pain into our life? Why? All because we do not carry everything, not just, remember, it's just like First Peter, all of your cares on God, everything to God in prayer. When, you, when we don't pray, we're actually making the storm hard, we're making it tougher in the storm. Mostly when I'm, I, I, again, I'm trying to, I'm, I, I'm preaching to my own soul, so you're just watching me talk to myself. But I realize, like, when I'm not praying, what I am doing is I'm trying to calm the storm myself. And that's not sensible. That is not wise. Especially when there is a supernatural, all-loving God present, ready to help, saying, surrender, bro. Come to me. It's an act of wisdom. He said to them, verse 25, where is your faith? They were fearful and amazed, asking one another, who then is this? He commands even the winds and the waves, and they obey him. They are starting to see Jesus clearly. Now watch this. They ask a question, and they answer the question. Did you notice that? I'm always trying to teach us to make sure we read the Bible deeply, clearly, so we, we come away with things that the Lord's trying to say. Look, they say, who then is this? He commands, so he doesn't make a suggestion. He commands the winds and the waves. He says, stop, cease. Jesus speaks to the wind and the waves. And they say, and they obey him. They answer their own question. Psalm 65, verse one says, and seven says, praise is rightly yours, God. Why? You silence the roar of the seas, the roar of the, their waves. Psalm 89. Lord God, you rule the raging sea. When its waves surge, just like what's going on right now, you still them. And then look at Psalm 107. This is exactly what happened. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, remember? They cried out, master, master, we are, don't you care? They cried out to God in their trouble. They may have said some things that weren't theologically correct, but they did the right thing. Master, master, they cried out. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He brought them out of their distress. By doing what? 
He stilled the storm to a whisper. The text says that Jesus speaks and there is quiet. There are raging waves. Things were going crazy. It was chaotic. If you read all the gospel scenes of this, some of them are calling him master. Some of them are calling him rabbi. Some of them are calling him teacher. They're going crazy in the boat. I'm trying to set it for you. And he stills it, the text says, to a whisper. The waves out of the sea were hushed. Jesus speaks and there is calm. This story is actually a fulfillment. It it shows how the Bible points forward to a scene that was coming. And Jesus does what the text says. And do you know why? Because Jesus is God. And when you're reading Luke, one of the major themes that is going on in Luke is that he's trying to tell his boy Theophilus, you have believed in the right person. Jesus is God. Hold on to your faith. You can trust him. He is in the boat with you in life. Don't turn back, Theophilus. He's saying, hold on. When Jesus calms the storm, he shows his authority. When Jesus calms the storm, he shows his sovereignty over all things. When he calms the storm, he shows his identity. The reason why, notice the text says that they were fearful and amazed. That is not a fear like that's, I want to run away. They're actually in awe. Because they realized, remember I told you, they asked the question and they answered the question. They realized they're in the presence of God. See, after the storm, we will know the Lord better. In the storm, we can turn to God for help. After the storm, there is, it comes, there's things we can do in the middle, but when it, when it, it's over. Storms come, sometimes they're brief, sometimes they're long. I'm not, I can't tell you how maybe your particular storm is going to go. And I don't know if you noticed, but our country, the world that we're living in right now, is in a storm. Our church is in that storm. But after the storm, we will know God better. What I'm trying to tell you is that don't waste the storm. Storms do something for us.
a deeper place. After the storm, we have a better understanding of God's power. After the storm, we have a better understanding of God's sovereignty. After the storm, we have a better understanding of God's wisdom. You come through and you're like, I wouldn't have done it like that, but that makes perfect sense. Because of how we look and how we are on the other side. After the storm, we have a better understanding of God's compassion and God's care for us. And you know what this does? You know what it does when you when you know this? It grows your appreciation for God. Our love for God goes deeper. Our appreciation for the wisdom and the power of God is stronger. It increases our dependence on God. I learned again this week that the way to make it through life is not to try to sort out everything myself. It's to run to my Father. That that is what God actually wants from all of us. This, we don't like to depend on other people. We don't like feeling that weakness. But God wants dependence in his children. He's working that in us. So, and then here's this other thing. It equips us for future storms. Let me say that again. Knowing God better when you've come through a storm equips you for future storms. Okay, so just think about this. The disciples are in this storm. But there's a bigger storm coming. Do you know that? Up ahead, they're going to watch their Savior, their Lord, die for the sins of the world. They're going to be scattered. They're going to be sort of running for their life. And I was talking to Anthony about this when he came in. He looked at me and he's like, Marv, some of, them, some of the guys in this boat are going to be martyred at some point. That's what's actually up ahead. And so this is actually equipping them. It's getting them ready for the, for the trouble that is going to come. I'm, I don't, as a, as one, as again, one of your pastors, I don't want to lie to you. There is actually more storms coming. Again, you look at the way the culture is sort of behaving, some of the decisions, that political decisions that are sort of being flexed and, and, and said, more storms are going to come. And so we need this deep understanding, deep theological rootedness in God to get us ready for those, I think, heavier storms that are going to come. It equips us, it gets us ready. And then this, it prepares us to help others in their storm. 2 Corinthians. Do we have 2 Corinthians? We don't have it. I got it here. Put that one away for a minute. I'll read it for us. I don't have it, but I know it on my head. It says, God comforts us in our storm. I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't know a word for it. Just bear with me. With his love, essentially, it says, so that we can comfort others in their struggle. The storm that you're in, the storm that we're in is just preparing us to be able to act with compassion and grace and kindness towards other people when their moment of struggle comes. And I told you again, as a church, that that's one of our goals. We want to we be a place where we look out for each other, where we can comfort 
one another. I want to end this talk by showing you Luke 8. It says, Then they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. Watch this. I hope you see what I'm trying to show you. When he got out on the land. You see it? You see it? When he and they got out on the land. They, they, they run into a demon-possessed man, which we're going to talk about next week. In that, in that sort of demon, demonic realm, we're going to see the, the power of Jesus Christ. But I want you to not miss this. When he got out on land. Remember what Jesus said in verse 22? Let's get in the boat and go across to the other side. He told them they were going to make it. He told them he was going to get them through whatever came, and he did. They got out on land. Storms will come in this life, but the Bible teaches us God will get us through. We hold on. Tough times will come. Do you know what this text says? When those tough moments come, it's teaching us, it's calling us to have a deep faith in God. That He's got us. That He is with us. That He is watching over us. And that He will get us through. I, I believe firmly that God is doing something powerful, something special right now. And we just don't have, we're not, we're just not there yet. But we will get through. And we will see. Thanks, Lord God, because you have not abandoned us. We can smile in the storm.
Resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.